all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard. It's what you make of it. But what if only struggle surrounds you? What can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair. Please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see. You are not alone. You have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know. But if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. We are all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard, it's what you make of it, but what if only struggle surrounds you, what can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair, please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through, just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see, you are not alone, you have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know, but if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up, because you got this. Think of all the opportunities that you could miss. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I am Danielle Boer, your host, as always. Woohoo! I'm excited. It's almost the end of season two. Yay! So much has happened in the last few months, so it's so cool. But today I have somebody that is unique and awesome, and I'm really excited because I, again, when I say selfish, so selfishly she's going to help me, so I'm excited about this. And she's going to help all of us that suffer with different things. So this is going to be a really fun and informative episode, so I'm excited. So Monique Derwin uh, the mind body coach and owner of Black Diamond Mind Bed and Butter Retreat Center. So there's a lot more to her uh, portfolio, but I'm just going to say that. And then I'm going to welcome you, Monique, to the show. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm excited. Thank you so much for coming on. And so um, I'm always honest with the audience because that's just me. I'm silly and I tell the truth. That's what I'm about. So um, I think a few episodes ago, I talked about how I had a migraine. Everybody has not gone away. Not at all. Every single day, migraine. Uh, it was very frustrating, especially because I literally go work 12, 13 hours in the hospital and I'm taking care of people and I feel like somebody's attacking my head. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I'm excited to talk to you, Monique. Um, basically, I don't even know where to start because there's so many awesome things. 
I think I'm just going to ask you, what is your, um, what is your retreat center? Like, what is it? And when did you get it started? Yeah, great question. Um, we moved from Louisiana up to Colorado in 2018. And I had this dream after massage school that I was going to open up a retreat center, bed and breakfast, um, VRBO, a, a place that people could come to and practice a holistic lifestyle. So whether they want to come and just rent the whole place or a room, they have that, or if they want to come work with me privately and, and get some really deep work done here. And so in 2020, right in the middle of the entire universe going nuts with COVID and, and everything shutting down, we found the perfect property. Um, we have two houses on six acres and we um, now I work from home. And so I run the grounds here and then I do the mind body coaching and the craniosacral therapy. Uh, but for my clients that want to come in person and spend a few days, they have access to my home and my property. And so they come in, they can get hands on treatments. We can um, customize their meal plans, do yoga, meditation, breath work, things like that. And it was a place that I wanted to go. So I had gone to all these different retreat centers throughout the country and been to all these different programs. And I was like, oh, that's really good. And that's really good. And I really like the way they do that. And I just kind of customized from all the best things in my experience over the years and put it here now. How awesome is that? And that's smart. Um, that's such a good idea because you're like, okay, this is what I liked and I'm going to take a little bit from here, there and this. And that's really awesome. All the things that you're able to do and you're, you help people with. So you don't have to answer this, but I'm going to ask you a personal question. What motivated you to get into the mind body coaching did something happen and you don't again if you don't want to talk about it you don't have to but did anything happen to you or a loved one that kind of pushed you to want to help people with this yeah i i think that um we all go through this right like our purpose is kind of from our trauma and our pain mm -hmm. and i suffered with chronic pain from a very young age into my mid-30s and was on nine medications daily. I had had 12 surgeries and mm. um, just was suffering. Uh, like you, I had chronic migraines. Uh, I mean, the list is kind of crazy if I, if I list it all out, but um, I realized that my mind and my body and my soul were not in alignment. And I was going through the motions, but I wasn't actually feeling whole or healed. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't feeling complete. And so I went through all of these different programs trying to figure out how to heal my own body. Mm -hmm. And as I continued through these different certifications, I finally went to massage school and I had an excellent massage therapist teacher. She actually uh, wrote the massage therapy book. So kind of wow. legends. Yes. Awesome. And she really talked about the brain and the nervous system and about that time i was starting to study a lot of trauma and 
uh, getting into the like books like The Body Holds the Score and Joe Dispenza and Louise Hay and uh, several different great teachers that are out there. And I started putting things together from my past and realizing that my physical body was actually feeling what my mental and my emotional disconnect had been creating all this time. Wow. That is deep. And I love it. Uh, so, you know, a lot of stuff is connected to trauma as well. Um, I know there's a lot of coaches that deal with, and I actually interviewed one and she's so amazing. And she deals with like how trauma relates to food, like you eating and not being able to lose weight and stuff like that. And I had a lot of stuff. That's why I started and I'm brand new. Uh, I started doing PTSD and um, I know what it is and grief, <laughs> life coaching. And so because of stuff that happened to me and I witnessed my brother commit suicide on the telephone. So that was really hard and that caused a lot of trauma and stuff. And I've lost a baby. It was still born 25 weeks. And so just different things. And you don't realize how much it affects everything. And um, so that's why I really want to help people too, because you can get better. You can heal. You can like, I mean, honestly, before I couldn't talk about it and I would be like sobbing right now and it's okay. Like, that's okay. But now I can talk about the situation and it doesn't ever mean that I don't love my brother. I don't miss my brother. I didn't, you know, I want him here, of course, but it's just that I've gotten to the point where it's something that happened and I can talk about it now because I have gone through a process of forgiveness and all kinds of stuff. Right. So, and I love that you say, cause I'm a nurse. So when you talk about the nervous system and all that stuff, that's a hundred percent. Right. And so, um, I actually want to talk about something because yeah. So the other day, okay, this is a true story. <laughs> I always tell true stories anyways. So, okay. The other day I was such a hot mess at work and I had been, I've been feeling bad every single day. And I walk around with my eye closed like this because my migraines always over here. So people are like, you look tired. I'm like, I'm not tired. I am in pain. So finally I started getting GI symptoms and they're like, you got to go. Cause I work in the recovery room and God forbid I get somebody sick. So and the only reason I'm talking about it is because it wasn't anything, a virus that I could have gotten them sick. I believe that it was just, I was already having problems. And then I ate this stuff, which was veggies, but I ate this stuff in the cafeteria and about two hours later, that's when I got sick. So putting it all together, I think that's what it was, but people didn't want to take a chance of me, you know, getting somebody sick. So they said, you got to go. I said, okay. So I went to the ER because I was feeling horrendous. And I should have did my own research. Um, but I didn't because I give that medication in the PACU. So I give it and they use it for nausea. But please be careful what you let people put in your body or what you put in your body. And again, that has to do with food, all kinds of stuff, which Monique will talk about that. And um, but I was so messed up. It was the most scariest feeling ever. I thought I was going to die. My heart was jumping out of my out of my chest. Not literally, but it felt like that. 
I could not breathe. I felt like I couldn't breathe. Um, I was so anxious. I think I was even like hallucinating. It was bad. So I could not sleep that night. I would kept saying, I feel weird. I feel weird. And I didn't know what to do. And I'm somebody that doesn't even take medicine. I hate medicine. No offense. I know I'm a nurse, but I don't like medicine. I take Tylenol and ibuprofen lately because I've been in so much pain that I just keep rotating in it. And it doesn't even really do anything, but it just maybe in my mind, I think it is. So the point is, it was so bad. I even the next day, I felt like that. And I still don't feel right. And it's only been two days, but I feel a lot better. But I was so scared. And I kept saying, my son's birthday was yesterday. And I kept saying, I don't want to die. It was like that night. Um, and I was like, I, I don't want to die on his birthday. I can't die on his birthday. That would be so horrible for him. I just can't do that. And so I just kept saying those things and it was horrible. So anyway, just saying, we got to be careful because everything has a side effect. Everything, even who you talk to, who you let in your life, like everything has a side effect. So Monique, as I talk too, too much, how do you feel like as a mind body coach from what I just said, like, how do you feel like that you could make a difference in like, even with the pain stuff, what advice do you have other than don't take medicine? You don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> what advice do you have though, for somebody like me or somebody that was like you? Yeah. So if we go back to the basics of what I do, when, when the mind and the body are not in an aligned space, we basically call it um, like fight, flight, freeze, mm -hmm. survival mechanism, something like that. The, the, the body is not in homeostasis. And we want to be in homeostasis so that we're in that rest and digest so that the energy that it takes to function the body is actually going to functioning the body. Okay. Because when you're in a survival mechanism, when you're in a fear, a panic, um, if you have a migraine, if you have a broken foot, now think about all the energy that normally goes to produce saliva and digestion and uh, make your heart beat and your tears water, your eyes water, your, your tears and things like that. All of that energy is no longer going to those spaces. It's now trying to heal the wound. And so if you think about what's happening, it's going to pull from that part of the body, which means you're going to have higher stress, your immune system's going to be lowered. So you're more susceptible to illness and dis-ease, D-I-S dash ease, lack of ease mm -hmm. in your body, right? So if we think about it like that, so if I'm more susceptible to illness and disease, if I eat something that my body could normally tolerate, it might upset it. If I um, turn the corner and there is a stress-induced environment that I normally could handle much simpler, now I might be triggered in some other area. So it's, it's really understanding that when we are not in that true stasis, that we are basically using that energy to heal parts of ourselves that aren't necessary, but the body thinks it is. So the mind kind of goes into overdrive and really starts like, sending all the stuff there and again if you can imagine you've only got so much in there to work with if you're not creating more energy in that moment and you're depleting the energy that you have it's kind of like you're pouring from an empty cup wow 
This is awesome. Thank you. And that makes a lot of sense. So how did you, other than studying all the things, how did you fix your pain? Like, do you don't, do you not have pain anymore? Or are you all off, off all of your medicines now? I am. I'm off of the medicines. Yay. And, um, and I've reversed the need for several surgeries over the years now. Um, I wouldn't say I don't have pain. Okay. Because I believe we're human. We're here on this earth and there are things that are painful. Uh, pain shows up in our bank accounts. It shows up in our bedrooms and our relationships with our people. And it shows up in our physical body. And so there's going to be situations that we have pain with. The difference is now I have the tools and the resources and the ability to not stay there. For instance, last week, I had a pretty scary situation myself. And um, I did talk about this publicly already, so I'll, I'll say it again. Um, I woke up and I physically couldn't see. Oh, my. Now, I used to wear glasses years ago. I haven't worn them since probably 2017 or so. I, I took them off and put them in the case and that's where they've stayed. And I woke up and I could see far away, but I couldn't see real close in front of me. And I'm upstairs. And so I have to walk down the stairs and get to my office and um, I'm trying to see my phone so I can even get a hold of my clients. I have a full day and I'm like, I can't see anything. And I remember I have these glasses. I'm like, okay, okay, I know where they are. I opened the drawer, I put them on and I could see just enough to start to type some, some letters, you know, and I was holding the phone pretty far away still, but I could make out the words. And I come in and I, um, I, I have a, a team meeting every morning with, with our, our team. We have a membership for people for self-healing and um, I'm like, man, I can't see, this is really scary. It's kind of crazy. And they're like, yeah, you don't look real good. And I'm like, I don't feel, I don't feel good. This is very odd because I'm, I'm usually pretty chipper. I'm usually pretty good. And um, after that, we hung up and I went ahead and, and called my mentor, my coach, and had a private session. I had a, had a call that day with her. And I started talking about, you know, all this stuff. And I had what I consider to be an emotional body exorcism. It's kind of the, the joke that we call it, but it's it's literally like shaking and trembling and nauseating and all this stuff. And I was mentally and emotionally processing things from my past that had come up that had been triggered. And as I moved through this information, my physical body was getting more and more exhausted. So we ended the call and I went and stood outside and it was about 20 degrees and I just stood out in the cold like trying to regulate my body back. And um, came to get on the call with my first client and about five minutes in, she was like, you don't look good. And I said, I don't feel good. I, I just need to cancel everything. So I canceled my entire day. Haven't done that in years. And I went to bed and I slept until 5 p.m. Just straight through. And I woke up at 5 p.m. and I could see. I was like, whoa, interesting. And I wanted some food. So I went and made some food real quick and I ate. And then I, and then I got right back in bed. It was by nine o'clock, I was back asleep. Um, but what happened was I gave myself permission to feel it, express it, where in the past I would have been like, it's fine, I'm fine, no big deal, we'll just go on with the show, we'll push through, we'll white knuckle. Um, but I truly believe expression over repression is how we move these things through. And so even in the discomfort, even in the vulnerability, 
I was willing to just be there and cry and shake and, and use a lot of these therapies that I've used with clients over the years uh, and, and let this information physically move through my body. Um, and by the next morning, I woke up, I jumped out of bed at 4 a.m. and I was like, I'm ready to go. I mean, I was right back where in the past, something like that might have lasted me two or three weeks. Mm. I would have I would have maybe gotten to the hospital. I would have maybe gone in and got medication. Um, I would have tried several different things before I was able to function. So I'm not going to say that the pain doesn't sneak up every once in a while or that things don't happen because life happens. And again, we get those triggers, those unconscious triggers kind of sneak up on us and they they manifest and they kind of grow really fast and they feel like the times when in the past. And if our conscious mind doesn't necessarily know what's going on, which most of the time it doesn't, we go right back into that old predictable pattern. And once, because that memory is there, because that, that neuro pathway in the brain and the body is actually memorized from the trauma, the pain, the grief, the past situations, whatever, we go right back into it because it's, it's almost comfortable in our memories to go right back into that same motion where now I get present. I use, I use a very simple approach that my mentor wrote and it's called the punchline and it's getting present. And so it's just taking a few moments, tapping into the body, breathing, doing some meditation, journaling, whatever, whatever presence is for you. You can dance, you can sing, you can do EFT, TFT, that kind of stuff. And then you just kind of unveil what the mind is saying. This is a problem because I don't like this because, um, I feel really uncomfortable. I feel this pain. I feel this anxiety. You just kind of unpack. And then from there you navigate. Okay, I used to do this when I felt discomfort. Now I'm gonna do this. So in the past, I would just push it down. I would get a bottle of wine. I would take the medicine. I would buy the heating pad. I would go run to the chiropractor. I would do something for somebody else to take authority over my body. Like, please help me, please fix me. I need to go see this person, this guru, this whatever to, to fix my body. Well, now I'm like, actually, our bodies are pretty magnificent. And if we can go back into stasis, homeostasis, then we can we can calm all this stuff and then we can move through it. And so I'm going to navigate into the ways of getting back into homeostasis. That's my go to. And then I choose what I want to do moving forward. I want to rest. I want to feel better. I want to hydrate. I want to self-care. I want to self-love. And then how do I do that? What are those steps, right? So for me, it was go get in the bed, put the eye covers back on, cancel the day. I don't know that I've canceled a client in years, years, years. I mean, it was hard. I had a full day. I, I called probably seven clients and said, hey, I can't do it today. You know, but me doing that for myself, I didn't go into people pleasing. I kept my boundaries. I expressed. And so I believe this is how my body was able to move through this so quickly and not continue to hold on to it and stay sick. Wow. That's really awesome. And that's a good point is that if we have somebody like you, or even if we learn it ourselves and then we can help other people too, is our body can fix itself. Basically, that's what it's supposed to do. Like, that's what our body does. Like, the liver can regenerate 
itself. I mean, just things are just fantastic. And so there's a lot of um, natural ways to do things as well. So that's a good point that you're making is that sometimes we need to just kind of reset, right? And that's what you did. That was smart. Um, I would have gone to the hospital. I'm pretty sure. But you have the training and you know your body. And so you're like, well, something's not right, but it can get right, right? It can be fixed. So that's really amazing. And thank you. That's very helpful to a lot of people because sometimes like you do like, like me and I know better with stuff, but sometimes you just want the quick fix. And so with me and my weight loss journey, I'm not doing the quick fix. I'm doing it the long way, uh, but that's, that's okay because then I usually keep it off longer. This last time I didn't, um, I lost 80 pounds and I only kept it off for almost a year and then COVID happened and then I gained a whole bunch of weight and then I just kept gaining, gaining, gaining. So I need to get to the point. And that's another thing. Once I don't have all this weight on my joints, I know I'm going to feel better because, but I've never tried to lose weight while I've been in so much pain. And that is very hard. So can I ask you this? This is selfish. So if somebody has, I have horrible joint pain, especially on the right side of my body. And I always have pain here. So they thought I've had a stroke a few times, but apparently it wasn't a stroke. Thank goodness. But I always have the migraine is always here. And I always have right side except like constantly everything that hurts is always on the right side. So what is something that I can do that I'm not, you know, I'm not trained to do anything at this point. What is something simple that I might be able to do other than like, I try to take turmeric and stuff like that. But like, is there anything physically I can do to help my joints? Yeah. So this is actually what I specialize in Ooh, is yeah. actually the pain that's in the body. Where does it manifest from? Because again, if you remember, we talked about when the mind and body are not in alignment, that right. the illness and disease come in. So when the when the body is feeling something, I think it's almost like a warning signal from the brain, like, hey, you're overthinking, you're people pleasing, you're not drawing boundaries, you're not being flexible. There's there's something in the mental and the emotional separation. So the body goes and takes it on. Because if you think about the brain, the brain is the only organ that if it's gone, we're gone, right? Like, right. like your heartbeat, your heart can stop, your lungs can stop, and we can pull all those things back. But once your brain's gone, that's kind of it. You're right. And so if the brain needs to be protective at all costs, don't you think it would make you pay attention to the shoulder or the joints or the migraine? For me, I couldn't see because there were things that I didn't want to see right in front of my face. Mm. So my eyes literally turned off to protect my brain because now I was going to be concerned with the fact that I couldn't see instead of all this junk right here in front of me that, oh, I did not want to see. I did not want to witness. I did not want to be a part of. And so my body was almost protecting me. So. If we look at right side and left side, I'll give you a, a quick little fast, you know, go through on yeah. some things. The right side is masculine. It's what we put out in the world. It's the future part of us. 
The left side is feminine energy. It's what we take in from the world. It's a lot of the things from the past. Um, with things like migraines, I would ask you, you know, are you overcommitting? Do you feel pressured? Mm. Are you people pleasing or looking for perfectionism? Are you annoyed with others? Is there <laughs> any old guilt coming through of anything? Mm -hmm. um, those are the things that when those emotional parts of ourselves are out of alignment, the migraine will manifest. With joints, I'd say, am I being flexible? Or is someone close to me being inflexible? Right? Do I feel supported? You know, can I bend with ease? Can I, can I, can I, can I maneuver through things? Or are there certain things that are kind of like, eh, you know, uh, a little bit difficult? Even with the gut issues, you know? I have a lot. Even though, even though there might have been a food that wasn't appropriate for your body or whatever, like, where am I not digesting life? Where do some things maybe make me sick to my stomach in my walking reality? And it doesn't have to be these big things. It can be these little moments that just kind of happen a lot that don't quite sit right with me. And again, when the body is trying to protect the brain, here, I'll give you this. It's kind of like the little chew toy for the dog. Like <laughs> I'll give you this to focus on so that you don't keep thinking about this stuff that might really be the problem. And let's go a little bit further with it. How many of us were actually taught to process and feel emotions as they came up versus again, repressing them or suppressing them or pushing them back down? I don't know about you, Danielle, but as a child, I was told, stop crying. Yep. Go to your room. <laughs> I'm a Gen Xer. <laughs> I'll just call it out. Like we were, we were, kind of told to be tough, pull your panties up, be a big girl, stop that crying, you're fine. We were also told things like, you should be ashamed of that, don't behave that way. And so you can imagine as a child without a prefrontal cortex, not knowing what words mean, but how we feel, and then we're told not to feel those things. And then we wonder why adults are so emotionally dysregulated. We, we, we've never been taught how to feel what we're feeling. So if I feel annoyed that someone's doing something and I don't have an outlet, a way to express that or move it through or a safe space to say, hey, I don't really like the way this is because it might be offensive or somebody might get their feelings hurt or bothered and we just keep it in and push it down. That energy has to go somewhere. It doesn't just go away. And so you're going to feel it if it's there. And so I don't know if any of that resonated with you or not. Yeah, you know what? It's funny because I don't know. It might be like uh, unconscious. Like, I don't know. Like, if it's in my subconscious or what. Like, I, I started a new job a few, like a couple months ago. And... um. I don't know if certain things, I don't know. I It could be that, but 
I just, I've been having them all the time. And I've had problems with migraines before. I've had stroke symptoms when I'm really stressed out. And I feel like right now, now that I'm working again, I'm not as stressed, but I guess, I don't know. But my body hurts so much and I'm trying to, I guess maybe, i definitely been a people pleaser my whole life. So that definitely is is right there. Uh, <laughs> definitely. I've always been, but I don't think I was doing that anymore. Like, I think I'm actually speaking up for myself but maybe I'm not. I don't know. Uh, well, I would say you might not be doing it anymore. That might be 100% correct and true. And I believe that. But there might still be a part of you that didn't get those needs met or overgave or overdid. And when the catalyst is there, when the memories are reactivated, again, that neural pathway is what is memorized. And so it could just be re-triggering from past situations. Um, but, you know, a new job, a new environment, new things, it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be this big T trauma, or these big hard days. And as far as work, what I found is we, we call that um, maybe like bypassing or buffering. So when I'm active, when I'm doing things, when I'm busy, I might not focus on things as much. So this is why um, some people are like overworkers. Truly, it becomes an addiction yeah. because they don't have to deal with things going on. And anytime that we are, you know, numbing out or bypassing or buffering, whether it's with a bottle of wine or pornography or overworking, um, we're we're kind of avoiding what's actually going on. And so. Look, we live in an age where instant gratification is everywhere. You can get on Google, you can pull things up really quickly. So we're used to moving really fast. What I had to suffer through was learning to pause, to be present and to be quiet, to get silent, to come inside. And it was really uncomfortable to do that because we're so used to the distractions and the busyness of life. And so it could be something like that. I don't know you personally to go there and I would really want to do a, a deep evaluation with you before we would, you know, go through anything. But, you know, there's there's living and then there's surviving mm -hmm. and then there's kind of thriving. Right. And so it's kind of what place might you be in right now? And you might be swinging between two worlds. You might be surviving some days and thriving some days. But whenever you kick into that survival mode, whether it's conscious, unconscious or subconscious, if there's anything from the past that feels like what you're experiencing right now, it's just going to be a, a deeper layer. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, so I, I think a lot of times like people that are caretakers and a nurse just said this to me and it makes me sad because it's true is that when we're always trying to take care of other people, be it at our house and then we go to work and we're doing it. And then we're, you know, like in public today, there was this guy laying on the ground and I wanted to make sure he was okay. Like I always, my whole life have tried to take care of people. And so that does weigh you down. It literally like sometimes, and I don't think a lot of people understand that is that when you're a hundred percent, like, taking and that's why they say nurses are like bad patients and I don't take care of what I'm supposed to so I think that's a lot of pressure you're right so that makes sense 
but I haven't felt any more lately though. Um, but that job is very, it's hard. Like it's a trauma, um, it's a trauma center. So we take care of a lot of stroke patients and a lot of, um, just a lot of really sick, a lot of ICU patients in a day I can have two to three ICU patients. And that's a lot uh, because it's like, I don't work in the ICU anymore. That's what a lot of us said. We're like, we don't even work in the ICU anymore. And sometimes we have to hold them because they don't have beds anyway. But, um, not enough about me. Look, I'm throwing stuff enough about me. Okay. I have a question. So I had a guest, Jill, she was awesome. And she was talking about how, um, craniosacral therapy really helped her and to figure out who she really truly was. She said that she came out a couple times during the therapy and she didn't even real know that those were her real feelings until she processed it. So can you explain a little bit? And she explained a little bit what it was, but from your perspective of actually being the therapist, yeah, go ahead. What does it help with or what can you do or what do yeah. you do? Um, so I'm a craniosacral therapist, which the easiest way for me to describe that is I work with the nervous system and stored trauma in the body. And it's a very light touch. My clients are completely clothed. I work with a lot of survivors, sexual abuse survivors, abuse, abuse survivors, trauma survivors. Um, so I really specialize in a few massage techniques that I could put people on the table or on the mat completely clothed to where they still felt very secure with what was going on. And we could work with the unconscious part of them. Um, so I have what I consider a signature massage and it's a blend of a few different modalities such as Thai, which is a lot of compression and stretching. I do Traeger, which is a, a shaking of the body, um, a rocking and a shaking. And I also use craniosacral and a few other ones, but craniosacral, you're gonna come in with a very light touch. And what we're doing is we're, we're feeling a pulse that runs through the body. And if you look between the occiput in the back of the head, down to the tailbone of the sacrum, that's all the way down the spine. Mm -hmm. And if you think about each vertebrae and each nerve that runs off the vertebrae, right? It goes to certain organs, it goes to certain limbs, the digits, things like that. So if any of those are off balance, we'll call it, you're, you might have pain or you might have disruption in, in the homeostasis of the body. And so what we wanna do is we wanna feel for the rhythm and if the rhythm feels off, we just kind of stay there for a while. And there's some manipulation that happens, you know, through the school that I went to. We, we do a little bit of manipulation with the body and the clients will cry. They will laugh. They will have childhood memories come out that they didn't know about. They will say things. And in that moment, they actually have a visceral response their brain goes, oh, and they start telling you these stories. And not all clients, but most of the ones that I work with, with the work that I do, um, will in that moment have a little bit of a transition. And when the body all goes back into the aligned space, you'll see the shoulder drop, the ribs move, the, the face sometimes will move. So we're manipulating the joints in between 
the head and the skull. So you got all these facial bones and we go in with a really light touch and just shift them and then the fluid runs through at the correct rhythm and the face structure might look a little different like forehead lines might relax uh, the nose might straighten um, the digestive center might go back into alignment the first time i had a craniosacral session i went home and I had this rash that came out on my neck. And I was like, whoa, what is this? And it was all of this unconscious stuff coming up, all of these emotions that were coming up. The second time I came home, I had fluid that just poured out of my nose. Kind of scared me for a minute, right? Like you're talking about the hospital and you would go to the doctor. There, there were times that I would run to the doctor for like that. And I want to be really clear, like we want the medical field. If I have a broken arm, I want somebody to yeah. reset that and put in a cast. Like if I'm having a heart attack, I need somebody to be on my body. I do not right. want to have a baby without anesthesia. I don't know about y'all, but I don't like pain. I'm not that girl, <laughs> I'll just be honest, you know? So there is a place for that, but there's also a place for holistic health and wellness. And this falls into that. And so with modalities like craniosacral, Thai, um, especially the ones that I use a lot of, it's actually meant to almost realign, again, the mind, the body, and the spirit or the soul. So we're looking at the emotional health, the mental health, the physical health, and the spiritual health, which that's never been done before. You, you, you have people that work with certain parts of the body, but with what I do, we actually take all four parts so when you're talking about this woman in the past that you know had this awareness somewhere she had been conditioned to believe a certain way and in that space there was a safety that changed in her body when she said oh this is actually me I had an awareness that like my husband wasn't as bad as I thought he was like all of a sudden, like I was just thinking like he was this jerk and he was like this really mean person. And it, it, I had a I had a relationship before him. I got married very young and it was a very abusive and domestic violent relationship. I left at 22 with two toddlers and um, and just ran, you know, across state lines. But I had all of those memories from my high school up until 22 when I was with him. And that was all that I knew a marriage was. That's all that I knew a, a man was because I started dating him when I was 16 years old. And so I had never seen a man be gentle or kind. And so when my now husband, we've been together almost 20 years, would react, I was like, oh, you're just like, and, and I would go into these old stories and so I was actually holding him accountable for things that happened to me when I was 16 and 17 and 18 years old. And I was well into my 30s at that time. And so you could see these memories were trapped in the fascia, in the nervous system, in the tissue of my body. And as there was a gentle space where someone held space for me and there was some trust and vulnerability that can move through, I could see he's not really the bad guy and really just reshaped my marriage you know at that point and several other areas in my life oh wow that's awesome that's a great point because sometimes we bring the junk from other 
relationships or even like friendships, uh, parenting, like all that stuff, whatever. And that can be very toxic because they don't have anything to do with that. You know what I'm saying? And so like sometimes we do, I feel like, see, I've been in several uh, domestic abuse relationships. So basically if it's that same thing, then, you know, that's why you're being triggered and all that. And it's the same, you need to get out of it. But sometimes it could be something like when somebody was nice to me at first and he ended up cheating on me for three and a half years. So nice doesn't always mean nice, you know, at first he was nice. Um, but like, the other ones were very abusive and he was very nice. So I'm like, Oh, you know, like, oh, okay. And I think that that's great. And so it's a balance of like who I'm with now is amazing. And so, but he tells me like it is, if I'm doing something that's not right, or he says, Hey, I told you so all the time, you know? So, but I need that though, because it helps me stay accountable and he really loves me. And that's what he says. Like, if somebody really loves you, they're going to tell you the truth. They're going to tell you stuff that might hurt your feelings, but it will make you better or it will help you, you know? So, and that was hard for me because I was like, like my one that was really nice would just tell me all this baloney stuff all the time. And that wasn't helping me. I got to almost 300 pounds. I was almost 300 pounds. And he was like, oh, you're fine. and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, no, that's not fine. I was unhealthy and I felt like crap and I, that wasn't who I wanted to be. And so, you know, I mean, anyway, but that's really cool that it does that. But now that makes me nervous. Cause I'm like, my nose would probably run or whatever, just because I have a lot of sinus issues. Maybe it would be clearing up. I don't know. Uh, but that's really cool. So how long have you been doing um, the craniosacral therapy. Well, have you been a therapist? Yeah. Um, so 2016, I guess was That's about so the time cool. that I started doing uh, that. Uh, I had been doing hands-on body work. I was a, I was a dancer. Oh. Uh, so I found a lot of release through movement and, uh, then I became a yoga instructor and really started practicing mindfulness on and off the mat. And so I think this was just the next phase in me trying to learn more about the body and what to do. And again, I, like I said, I went to school as a massage therapist thinking I was going to get the pain out of my shoulder. I had frozen shoulder, TMJ, mm. uh, messed up ligaments. Um, I'm hypermobile. Like there's just so many things that I was diagnosed with. And those diagnoses kind of became my identity. And so I was like, how do I get rid of all this pain? Because I knew I didn't want to be on the medication forever. Right. I I was truly being overprescribed because I started out with like, I couldn't sleep or I couldn't, I was having migraines. So they gave me this. And then they were like, well, you know, you're also ADHD. So you need to take this. And then I couldn't go to sleep. And so then I need to sleep medicine. And so I was taking pain meds and, and uppers and downers and, and then I was drinking a bottle of wine on top of it at night because I still couldn't relax. I still couldn't go to sleep. So um, I was overweight. I was 100 pounds heavier than what I am right now at wow. my heaviest weight. And, you know, again, as I began to really understand the mind-body connection and the the what was what was creating this, the the fear, the the unworthiness, the grief. I had so many emotions that were pushed down into my body and my physical weight was actually a protection. 
I started gaining a lot of weight at the very end of my first marriage because I didn't want him close to me, right? So it was almost a physical barrier for me to keep him away. And another thing that we found out about weight is it's almost like untapped potential, unused potential. It's like all this magic that we have inside of us for the world, but we're scared to let it out, right? Because they might have an opinion or they might think something. So as I began to unravel those parts of my unconscious and, and making these connections and everything really made sense, I was like, oh, and I physically began to change because I mentally and emotionally began to change. So the more clarity and confidence that I had in myself and the more trust that I had in myself and the more vulnerable I was able to be with my husband now and um, just really changing some of these emotional patterns, the pain slowed down, the migraines went away, the glasses got put away. It was like one thing at a time just slowly changed. And as those things changed and that identity that I once had was no longer there, that diagnosis was no longer like yelling in my ear, then I was really able to focus on myself. And so I really say love, self-love, you know, and we were taught that was kind of selfish and, you know, don't get big headed and don't be conceited and things like that. And I don't think it's from that space. I think it's truly from no, this is what I need. This is what my inner child needs. This is what my shadow needs. This is this part of me needs reparenting. This part of me needs connection and, and alignment. And so am I willing to pour into that part of myself, even in the discomfort, even in the vulnerability, um, and, and let it move so that I can heal, so that I can be whole, so that I can really step into this whole body alignment? Because I really believe like we're souls in a bodysuit on earth. Like, we're like in this meat sack here on earth <laughs> and it's taken in all the conditioning and the patterns of the generational programming of the world, which is, which is valid because we don't know any different, but once we can really get into that aligned place and create that homeostasis in the visceral body, then again, the energy goes where it's supposed to go and the vitality and the energy comes back. And I have a zest for life now that I didn't have before. I don't know that I've ever felt this good even when I was a kid, you know, because even then I was conditioned to believe certain things that I believed and no fault of anybody's except for that's just what we were taught because that's what they were taught and that's what they were taught and that's what they were taught. And so understanding all of that and beginning to just slowly a little bit at a time, it's, it's a journey. It's not a, it's not a one session thing. It's a, it's, it's, it's a while before this makes sense before you understand it. But um, coming from the mind-body world, coming from the, um, you know, holistic health and wellness and somatics, I'm a somatics international experience um, uh, practitioner as well, which works with the trauma body, understanding all these things that have been locked into our nervous system have to do something and go somewhere. They're either going to attack our physical body or we're going to learn to move them through and release them and go on. But it's um it's a journey for sure yeah wow first of all congratulations on losing 100 pounds that's awesome that's kind of my goal is like 90 to 100 i lost 80 before i lost 60 before and then i gained weight and then i lost 80 um and then now i want to lose like 90 to 100 and then stay that way um but that's really awesome and then i also have left the state with two kids 
that young to get away as well. So that I kind of relate to that and I can feel, I can feel it. Like I know the fear and the, like everything that you're feeling in that moment is just like, you just want a better life for you and your kids and you don't want to deal with that shenanigans anymore. <laughs> that's a nice way of saying it. Uh, it's really bull crap. Uh, and that's also a nice way of saying it. But um, I really appreciate everything. Uh, honestly, I want to have you on my new podcast, which is about trauma. And I'm just, it's not going to air until probably June 1st, something around there. So I'm really excited and we'll di dig a little bit deeper on the root cause of things and all that stuff that you said in the somatic um, therapy. So that's really cool. I think that you are amazing. And I'm so, and I'm, my fiance is all about energy and I've become like to like learn about things. And he always says that to be successful and he's not the only one that says it. Lots of people say, it, but you have to be successful mentally before you can be successful in any other way. Your mind has to be right. And it makes sense because the brain is the controller of <laughs> literally of, uh, it's the computer. Uh, so Thank you so much for sharing all your, no, probably not all your knowledge. You probably have way more than this, but your knowledge and time and, and thank you for helping me. Um, like even talking, my head is feeling better. So I was thinking like, oh, is it going to hurt? You know, talking, I'm glad I don't have on headphones. So, but I really appreciate you. And I can feel your energy of like your smile. You have a beautiful smile. You just seem like a great, wonderful person and such a good coach. So uh, when my situation gets a little bit better, I will reach out to you and I would love to uh, hire you as a coach just because I know you already helped me already. So I can't wait to see all the things that you can do. I know we'll talk more and um, I'm just excited. So do you have anything? Oh, where can we find you? What's your social media? Yeah, absolutely. Danielle, uh, thank you so much for having me again. I know it was kind of this last minute thing, but I think it worked out beautifully. I always trust the process and I would love to come back and talk about trauma because that's truly my, my heart um, for all this work. And um, you can find me on social media under Monique, the mind body coach or Monique Derwin. I'm on TikTok under the mind body coach, as well as Instagram, uh, Monique, the mind body coach. And I can give you that information if you have show notes or anything to attach it to. Yeah, I do. And um, I'll put the links where they can. It's like the clickable links. So, thank well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And like I said, I can't wait to talk to you again and we'll dig a little deeper. And um, thank you for being so flexible and coming on last minute. I appreciate you and uh, have a great day and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Authentic Points of View podcast. I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart.
for listening to Authentic Points of View podcast. I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart.